Warning, the following program is not for the weak-hearted. Those who are closed-minded, or in general, you're scared to learn what's behind closed doors. Here at Sapphire's Airplay, I want you to pour the wine. Grab somebody that you want to hold on to, or better yet, get the vibrations stimulated through your body. Get ready for one hell of an orgasm in five, four, three, two, one. What is up all you sexy motherfuckers out there in Radio Land? It's your girl Sapphire back again with another special episode. And a lot of you have been asking me like, is this show really just back on? It's regular every Sunday you're dropping an episode. Absolutely not. I just have a lot of specials that I want to drop occasionally because I don't want to leave y'all hanging. So without further ado, I want to introduce you to a very, very special monster of mine. Yes, from the Moan app. He goes by the name King Dom. Let me just say this right now. This man is incognito as we speak. This man has a ninja mask on with his headphones as if I've never seen his pretty face. But that doesn't mean y'all on the internet have seen his pretty face. But you may have seen his videos. You might have heard of him on the Moan app, Your King Dom. And of course, Your King Dom on Instagram and Twitter. Without further ado, King Dom, welcome to Earplay. What's popping? What's cracking? What's shaking? What's going on? Miss Sapphire, if you nasty. Wait, can I say that here? Oh, can yes, you can. Here? Yes, you can. Okay, yeah, yeah. Miss Sapphire, if you nasty, because I'm oh so motherfucking nasty. My black goddess queen. I love talking to you. I, I'm so honored to be here. Like, this is dope. I've been looking forward to this for a minute. Um, without further into, uh, you know, uh, introdu- introduction, I'm over here getting starstruck because I'm looking at this beautiful black woman right now. <laughs> but um, my Thank name you. is King Dom, also known as the voice of the BNWO, also known as Your God. King Dom is my official title and handle. Um, I am a black kinkster, pro-dom, kink and BDSM enthusiast, sex-positive podcast hoster, and again, the COO of the BNWO brand, which we'll be speaking about a little bit later today, my partner, Gogo, a.k.a. St. Sarah, or better known as Gogo Fuck Me. Um, We've come together and we've been building this amazing, amazing experience for a lot of different people, and we've been making a lot of strides, so... It's going to be good to be able to talk about all that here on Miss Sapphire's Earplay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, I should have given you know, a forewarning. This man has Ooh. a very sexy voice. Very sexy voice. Uh, I mean, so apparently, according to y'all, I do. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I'm like, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I can I can pour it on a little bit. I try not to all the time, but. You know, depending on how you're feeling, I might have to. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? But that's neither here nor there. We're here to be kind of like normal for the most part, even though I'm incognito. Normal. What is motherfucking normal? Okay. (laughs) Let let me tell you, Dom, there's nothing normal about Sapphire's earplay. And this is why this is why I wanted to bring you on because one, we're closing out Black History Month with you. And you are the only black guest this month. Shame on me. But you I mean, know what? you know, it doesn't get much better with me, you know, no. as, as black representation, you know, so I, I understand. <laughs> but it's okay. Like, people understand there's a legacy to be made, and this is a topic mm. that I've never touched upon. And mm. finding the right candidate to talk about this took a long time until I met you mm. and I got to know you through the Moan app. And, right. you know, you have very outspokenly spoken about this lifestyle because this is what it is. Mm-hmm. But right. 
you know, it's a touchy subject. And we're talking about BNWO, yeah. Black New mm-hmm. World Order. Now, when I was doing my research, because I never do Sapphire's earplay without some research, what angers right. me so much is that when I'm looking at topics surrounding black sex, there's not a mm. lot of statistics to be had with black sex when you look at it. Mm. There's not a sole study that you can find on black sexuality besides talking mm-hmm. about the fact, um, the urbanization of sexuality, talking about right. HIV, a, you know, all that. STDs, mm-hmm. STIs. But when we, we want to talk about BNWO, how was it founded? You know, mm. the foregrounds. What happened? Like, what are the origins? That's where it becomes a little vague. So, according right. to Urban Dictionary, Black New World Order is a mm-hmm. fetishistic term related to BDSM, <laughs> specifically race play, wherein Black right. supremacy all over races, especially white, is fetishized. It may incorporate mm-hmm. other. Uh, fetish and king plays such as cuckolding, sissy play, BBC, yeah. alpha beta, erotic humiliation play, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But then when right. you go onto the website that you and GoGo Fuck Me have revamped and revised, mm-hmm. you guys talk about it being an exclusive lifestyle society of black findoms, cash uh, cast masters mm-hmm. that uphold mm-hmm. the hierarchy of reddish face uh, race fetish play. So let's get into that. Yep, let's, let's talk get about into it. That. So, when you originally hear about BNWO, mm-hmm. right, you're usually hearing about the fantasies, the thoughts, and the imagination that comes from non heterosexual black men more times than not, right? And keyword non heterosexual black men. So, usually these are white men who have some type of interracial fantasy. We know that interracial, just so I give you a little bit better, right? Mm -hmm. We know that interracial is one of the most searched porn um, genres out there. If you look on any search engine, whether it's a porn search engine or not, interracial is going to be one of those high-hitting things. I think it's probably third or if not second to stuff like... um, hot hot uh stepsister or stuff like that or even mom and son right and and that's a whole nother thing but originally with bnwo before we bought the, the rights to the brand name right mm-hmm. to the black new world order um there were no black people really putting out the narrative so a lot of the stuff that you're seeing is not even a representation of that black superiority that's supposed to be the highlight and when Gogo uh, originally came to me and she was like, I want to buy BNWO. Well, she didn't even tell me that she wanted to. This is literally how that conversation went. Hmm. Dom, what's up, Gogo? I bought BNWO. What? I bought BNWO. And I'm like, so you you mean you you bought the Black New World? Yes, I bought so, BNWO. Okay, let's even dive back a little deeper. So the fact let's that BNWO... When would you say this term came about? Because I have always heard about it, but I mm-hmm. never really knew about it other than the fact that when I did hear about it, especially entering, now we're talking 2010, 2012, right, when I was right, just right. starting out in, you know, the adult side of entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I always heard it as a negative connotation with white people fetishizing black people right wanting to overpower us in a sense but still at the same time praise us and i'm like well fuck that a little bit of topping from the bottom right yes, yes. it definitely gives that 
So I, I think that, you know, that's kind of like when it became popularized. I, in my personal opinion, I feel like this has always been something that white people mm-hmm. have had a fantasy about. And if you look at historical references, right, even cuckolding has a lot of his, uh, racial historic um, uh, implications based on stuff like bull bucking, mm-hmm. bull breaking, um, the the... How the the mistress of the house having her quote unquote bulls ravage her and all this stuff. Even white men being involved with black field slaves or hand slaves, right? So there's always been some type of taboo about interracial engagement. That's one thing that this country has to understand. This has always been a fabric of the foundation of this country. But now more so when we get into a more liberated space like around 2010 i feel like the internet really kind of had that boom tumblr was a really big push for a lot of this this is where a lot of people were creating the captions or the content that a lot of y'all are familiar with right but again this wasn't black people making this content this is you know white dudes that are inside their house maybe they are non-binary maybe they're fluid maybe they are gay maybe they're bisexual whatever their orientation is they're able to express that they have this feeling right and in the world of kink and taboo as i've come to find out there really isn't that much of a moral standpoint and that's very subjective to depending on who you're talking to there are people on the extreme of the fringe where they don't give a fuck about any type of morals. Mm-hmm. But then you have the people who are very cons- uh, very reserved on the fringe, and they are very much so upholding all morals. And even then, I think sometimes to the detriment of kink and BDSM, because now you're stifling just like outside in the vanilla world. So I think the balance has always been like understanding as well as acknowledgement of this might be deemed wrong for certain people, but under this practice or under this consensual practice, which we'll get into in a second with consensual ethical race play, SERP, uh, a term that I'm coining and making sure that I put out there, that it's all about being able to pick and choose whether or not you want to participate. Mm -hmm. And that's where I feel like it takes off of that offensive uh, undertone or, or, you know, undertaste, and it cuts it to the point where now you just have something that's a little bit more palatable, a little bit more... um, easily digested that way you can now have that within you um so to go back to what you were saying as far as where did this stem from i think again and to to answer directly i think it's always been something that america has had but we've never really had the open opportunity to talk about it until the internet came around and when the internet came around that's when it kind of became like a free-for-all of who's going to add to it Mm -hmm. so One of the major things, and not to get too ahead of anything, but one of the major things that we decided right at the very beginning was we are going to change the narrative. But what is that narrative going to be? And we simplified it by saying black unity and black sexual freedom are going to be our our main focal points. Because, again, we know what the people that are attracted to this. Right. And again, we're being very honest, more so times non-black people, white people more so than not have some type of fetish for black skin we see it in the fetishization of black black exploitation film something that you spoke about inside um horny for horror which really opened my eyes to just how deep the entertainment realm 
of things go when it comes to this. And this is entertainment, right? But just like with horror, and I think that's one of the reasons why that show was so profound on Monat, by the way, shout out to all our monsters and our moaners. You know what I'm saying? She has the monsters. I have the moaners. We <laughs> are moaners. Moan, 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 moan on a great app. Uh, shout out to my boy, Kale. You know, he is created a great place for people like myself and yes. the Sapphire to be able to come and have these conversations and to to be able to finally do that as black people to be able to express what we truly feel without any uh, what's the word I'm looking for without any um, bias or umbrance of like judgment you, know, you have to watch what you're saying yeah thank yeah. you like that's such a liberating thing we don't have a lot of places like that so again BNWO when we came in contact with it and we came up with this idea of rebranding it it really was making it a safe space for all black people you know whether you are liberal conservative extremist pacifist whatever the case may be if you're black right and we're uh, championing black superiority we got to make it so that you as a black person whether or not you're heterosexual you're bisexual you're homosexual you know androgynous whatever the case may be we don't now have to have that divide of I'm black, but I'm this. It's I'm black, you're black, we're black, we're superior in this instance. And that's all that matters. You deserve the respect. You deserve the love and admiration that you want. And you shouldn't have to compromise that within your own community as well. So to, to fully answer it, for us, BNWO is more so a response to the fetishization of black people, but also the unspoken discourse that happens amongst black people. Let's get into that discourse. Let's talk about it. I feel that personally, you know, you and I were both kingsters. I would say I'm mm -hmm. a baby kingster because, you know, I'm not a pain slut whatsoever. Right. I, I, you know, I, my <laughs> threshold is real light. But at the same time, mm -hmm. you know, as I have spoken to you on Moan and off air, you know, mm -hmm. personally for me, when I go to kink parties with my white right. partner, I do mm -hmm. feel that sometimes the white gaze comes over to my mm -hmm. way and it's more so of I'm on the menu. I'm no longer a person. It's, mm -hmm. oh, there goes that chocolate sister walking in. Let me see if right. I can worship her. And for me, that's kind mm -hmm. of fucking weird because I don't respond to that. I don't respond right. to... Um, white people fetishizing my skin very well. It mm. makes me feel personally, it's a triggering thing. Um, race play in general is very triggering for me because it just brings me right. back to a point where I am no longer a person. I am just mm. the color of my skin. I have no other mm -hmm. qualities, characteristics. It's just black, black skin equals Jezebel. We've heard right. these terms. We've mm -hmm. heard these terms. Mandingo, yep. bull, mm -hmm. even. And like you said, with cuckolding, it's like I even kind of had my own biases until the Moan app and learning right. more from these, you know, cuckolders and cuckolds in these various different relationships. And I was like, holy mm -hmm. shit, this is really like polyamory. So, right. how with, you it, know, it is. Yeah. And how with, you know, BNWO, how you're trying to reclaim the the injustices through fetishization because that's what it is it's a disadvantage mm -hmm. i feel that personally it is still a touchy subject because it's like how can we as black people as a united front 
make our folks feel more safe in king spaces when we go to sex parties when we go to munches and stuff like that because right i hate being one of maybe two if i'm lucky right right i hate that and so to answer that uh this and again this is something that we've like spent extensive amount of time on trying to figure out like what's the best way to go about this and to be quite honest there's no one answer that mm-hmm. fits all because it's such a complex situation but for me i think addressing self-accountability and when i say that what i mean is understanding that we as black people have to start it before we can expect anybody else to know so when you do go and i've i've definitely felt the exact same way that you felt going to certain events certain soirees parties whatever the case may be and being one of the not if not the only black man in the room you do kind of lose a sense of your humanity because you are looked at as a piece of meat not just by the people that you might want to interact with but by everybody Mm -hmm. and that's a very off-putting thing but i'll even say this even more uh which is more startling to me than that right because we can kind of expect that based on our black experience of growing up and living a black life but more so than not i feel like we face more scrutiny that we don't want to talk about within our own community because just as much as we are fetishized by white people we are also fetishized by our own black people our own people of color but we never want to say it because now we're acknowledging that we have a little bit of ownership that has to happen with this and as a black man especially right because we're talking about that dynamic this is part of, in my opinion this is part of the reason why black men and black women have so much discourse because if we are supposed to be the leaders and we keep bringing this talking point up and we're not leading by example how can we then expect people to follow us right not to mention and let's let's keep it all the way 100 all the way up, all the way a bean uh <laughs> When it comes to, and I wish Keaton was on this because he would jump on it and immediately. <laughs> Shout out to my boy Keaton. You Shout out it. to Keaton. You know I love that boy. But like, I truly, truly feel there's also a disconnect when we talk about, you know, black superiority, black superiority and mm-hmm. black sexuality within our own community is how we treat the LGBTQ plus community. In, that was another point. Without, you know, with being black. Because mm-hmm. we treat them we treat people like myself as the mm-hmm. weirdos. Oh. Right. And now they're they're outcasted so much so and it's very it's very very so let to 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 take it here, right? And cuz again, we're talking about race play. Mm-hmm. We're talking about inclusion. We're talking about unity. Black love is the, is the main focal point. So I'll start there. I don't see how we can say that we are pro black and that's one of our 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 calling cards, right? We're pro black everything anti nothing anti-nobody we're not out here saying that white people are bad that they need to be wiped off the face of the earth that was the white rhetoric the right the, the white narrative that was put out all of those times on tumblr and that's what people have associated with the bnwo with being mm-hmm. again i understand it and i'm not even chastising it because if white people are going to do it and they're going to run with it let them run with it But if we don't do anything to say, hey, this is black superiority and black people that aren't or or white people that aren't even superior in this whole fantasy or whatever you want to call it, this lifestyle are running things. That's a little bit contradictory, right? That's a little bit hypocritical. So we have to take advantage. But in doing that, right, we also have to now understand the complexity of 
the black experience in sexuality. As you said, you know, we do treat like our LGBTQ brothers and sisters. And at one point in time, I was guilty of this, not being able to empathize with them. And this is why I love Keaton. I'm glad that you brought him up because one of my first conversations on Moan was with him. And just and able to do that, like he helped me break down all those other reservations and barriers that I had. And also rightfully so, because let's be real, sometimes our own people are the traumatic people that we need to heal from. It's not even the other folks that we're talking about. We love talking about them. But again, I'm a big person on self-accountability first. If I'm if I'm hurt as a black man, as a heterosexual black man, and I feel that I've been hurt by my gay and LGBTQ brothers for not respecting the fact that I'm being respectful of them, I'm always going to lash out. Mm -hmm. And then we have this never-ending cycle of self-hate, black-on-black crime, which doesn't necessarily have to equate to violence. It's just the way that we talk about each other, the way that we treat each other. So I, I'm on if I'm on the defense all the time because I don't want to go through another uncomfortable situation, I'm never going to be able to connect. And also, same thing for you as a black LGBTQ member, whether a queer female, gay black man, bisexual, transsexual, whatever the case may be. If you're always operating from a place of hurt, which a lot of us black people are, we're never going to be able to come together. Absolutely. So one of our biggest things is unity of black people and then every black person, whether you are trans, whether you are non-binary, non non-gender conforming, gender fluid, pansexual, androgynous, everything under the sun, as long as you are black and black identifying as a person of color, because that's a whole nother conversation, which, which we will get into uh, on this interview as well. But you got to be willing to acknowledge and respect people that look like you first if you want other people to do it and that's really what this whole thing is about is being able to make that safe space not just for black heterosexual couples but for black lesbian couples black lgbtq couples black trans couples and and everything in between because we don't have a place to go and we're stronger if we unite and accept everybody or at least we make the attempt because that's another thing too we realize that we can't accept everybody we've realized that not everybody can be saved because they choose to not want to be mm -hmm. saved so in that instance what are we supposed to do well as long as we're making the attempt to say you have a place to come if you choose to be here because one of our biggest rules is that all black people are equal but especially the black male and the black female whether that is their natural their natural phenotype if i'm correct and if I'm not, please, you know, correct me. Or if that is what they choose to identify as, right? Either way, you're still equal. I would say, I, I would like to say that's a yes, but we have seen it all too often that right. black men do not protect all black women. Just like we've seen and, in vice versa, black women mm -hmm. do not protect all black men. And again, it brings it back to LGBTQ plus community. If a brother right. finds out that a woman is trans, she is no longer mm -hmm. a woman. She is no longer black. Right. She she's just they're nothing. That's what they mm -hmm. that's what they are. We've seen it all too often Very in true. the comments. And that's why for me, mm -hmm. whenever like Shade Room or um, Hollywood Unlock, they have stories on right. the LGBTQ plus community. I kind of have to like not look Avoid at the, the comments, comments. because. Yeah. The comments are fucking like you want to talk about weird. 
the, the comments are fucking weird. And, and it, it Let's just, talk about it. It's the same reflection when you talk about BNWO. It's like, mm-hmm. I see, I, I'm now listening and I'm hearing, I'm reciprocating it, I'm, I'm receiving it. And I mm-hmm. would like the BNWO to even just kind of make a front on, on that type of shit. Because it shouldn't just stop at the race play. It needs to start. No, it needs to span out to everything, because the right. problem is, and that's why we are the problem. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I hate to say it, are. we are the problem. Right, but see, that's the first step to eliminating the problem. You have to address it. Mm-hmm. You have to address it. You can't beat around the bush. And more times than not, as I said, we like to deflect. We like to put the responsibility on other people, and some of it is warranted. It is just, but it means absolutely nothing. If we can't take accountability for ourselves, Facts. right? So like you said, in the comments, when black men are attacking, and that let's just call it what it is, when black men are attacking uh, black people who are not AFAB, right, assigned female at birth, mm-hmm. that's an attack on black people, period. Because you never know, and here's the other thing, right? And again, learned this from Keaton, you never know what another black man who is gay how he feels about your heterosexual activity and your willingness to exploit it in his face right just like how you don't want him talking about what he does in his personal life maybe he doesn't want to hear about you doing what you do in your personal life with a woman exactly but if you and if you if you're not willing to hear that you never will and it brings it's it's such a big fact but also i even say it in general when people get mad at any type of gay imagery Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, what makes you think as gay people, we want to see the straight agenda 24-7? Because that shit is running right. down our throat 24-7. But then people will sit here and say, what straight agenda? Mm-hmm. When there is factual evidence that there has been a straight agenda, and a lot of that straight agenda is called religion. But we don't like talking about that. Why? Because, again, here's the complexity of black people here in America, right? And I I use black as a unifying term Mm -hmm. because you can use melanated, you can use diaspora, whatever the case may be. These are all experiences that we can tap into simply because we are born with this melanation in our skin. It's a unifying thing. If you really think about all black people across the world, whether they are from Africa, the Caribbean, the UK, Asia, Australia, North America, and so on and so forth, It's the same thing because we are all melanated. The world looks at us the same way, right? And this is the the uncomfortable thing about race is that you have to face the facts. There are going to be some people that will only see you as a black person. They will not see you as a person. They will see you as a black person. And then what they associate black to being as far as good, because remember, there was a huge point in time within this Western Hemisphere where black was considered bad, mm-hmm. evil, even still to this day, right? The terminology is known like it's it's not necessarily a good thing. White is supposed to be pure. White is supposed to be holy. Black is supposed to be, you know, sacrilegious and, and, and things of that nature, demonic. When, you, when you start using those comparisons of like they're one of the good ones, regardless of race, I mean, we right. are separating that shit. Exactly. Even exactly. Just, so even in King's cases. And it, it keeps going deeper. But here's the thing. The more, as I said, the more that we're not willing to address where some of these things stem from, 
now then makes it harder for us to move forward. We stay in this repetitive cycle and you're seeing it more and more and more now on the internet because more and more and more people are now speaking about this openly. It's just never been spoken about. So yeah, it might seem like we're having the same conversation over and over again, but really pay attention to who's having the conversation. Is it the same person talking about it all the time or are they bringing new people into the fold and they are just finally getting their voice to come out? And this is another thing about black people. We stifle our own voices. We don't like allowing our black people because here's the thing, right? Going back to men, uh, men and women, just to, just to simplify it for right now. Whether or not they are trying to have interpersonal relationships, just gender roles in general. Right, it's such a big talking point within the black community. But for so long, we weren't even able to determine our own gender roles within our own relationships or within our own households for such a long time. So when you refuse to acknowledge the historical context of these things, you're always going to have that problem. But now moving forward into a time where we can have more open conversations, a lot of people just have to get out the angst and the frustration that they've always kept pent in. And the, and the internet is a place where you can speak freely, right? But just as you speak freely, people freely have the um, the choice to either agree with you or disagree with you. Mm. It's not a bad thing if we have a difference of opinion. But with what BNWO is trying to promote now is tolerance. I don't have to agree with you. I don't have to be on the same page as you. We're not monolithic as Black people. We have a huge diversity within our own Black community. Right. But that doesn't mean that I now need to alienate you because you have a difference of opinion, because you don't necessarily like race play for your myriad of reasons. I don't now have to shame you or belittle you or talk down to you. Right. Just the same way that you don't have to do that to me because I'm into race play. But you, you, it, again, it can be so simple, but we choose not to. We make the choice of. I have to differentiate. My black is different than your black. Even with people from the motherland and people from the Caribbean, and let's say like the UK, they don't identify as black, right? Because of their own reasons. Now, do I take that as offensive? Or do I say, you know what? You have a different set of cultural rules that you must apply to. Let me find common ground with you irregardless let me tolerate the fact that you don't identify as black but let me find that common ground that way we can unify and come together it, it can be very simple but more times than not we complicate it and it's mostly because we we feel the need to prove that we are black enough you see how you see how like oxymoronal this shit is like we we believe that certain people aren't black enough, but we always got to prove that we're black enough. And then when we get highlighted for the fact that we are black, it's uncomfortable because, oh, shit, it's a white person saying that they love the fact that we're black. Boom. So like for black people, where where's happiness supposed to be like? Where are you supposed to get peace of mind? We're going to you know what I mean? We're going to take a quick, sexy break. And we're no going to be right back. We're going to take a quick, sexy break. I love this. From the sponsor of Dipsy. Stay tuned. How can I choose the sex life that I deserve and wish to enhance? Well, I have one word, Dipsy. Picture it now. 
an app that will cater to your every carnal need. Soundscapes, realistic characters, stories from second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. Maybe you're looking for something that's more inclusive from queer voices and people of color. 56% of these stories are all on Dipsy. New content is released every week. So between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you might even find something new to explore. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash earplay. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash earplay. dipsystories.com slash earplay. Get ready for one hell of an eargasm. That was a good sexy break for y'all. I hope y'all enjoyed that. Again, Dipsy. I'm not going to tell y'all what we was doing on the break. <laughs> <laughs> Dipsy is shout where Shout out to our sponsor, man. Yeah, shout out to Dipsy. Earplay is the code that will get you 30 days free. And let me just tell you, I, I used it in the bedroom recently. And whoo, whoo. Before Miss Rona hit, whoo, it was hitting. It was hitting. <laughs> Put a little dipsy audio erotica in the background and, and just have your partner, you guys lay around and get lost in the stories and then make a story of your own. So shout out to Dipsy for that. But oh my gosh. So before we took that break, Dom was really just laying it out there. And it is so, it is so, so true. It is so, so true when we're trying to find our identity in these spaces that it gets lost in the mm-hmm. sauce especially amongst our own because again the judgment is truly real and right. then it brings it back to who do we hold accountable for these actions why do mm-hmm. we keep letting each other tear, tear each other apart essentially right. so that other races see this and they're like oh well how are we going to take them seriously if they can't even take them if they can't right you know and even just like bringing it back to, you know, sexuality and bringing in the BNWO, I'm now getting a better understanding that what you are trying to do, again, is to change the narrative when it comes to race play. It does, mm-hmm. It's not going to work for me because, again, I have right. my hangups on, on race play yep, from definitely. one to the next. But I do understand that from people like yourself, like Lady Anaconda, Anaconda mm-hmm. and um, who else have we spoken to? Go, go. Go go and oh my god, your homie that's also a dom. Um, you talking about Gert? Yes. Pharaoh. Yes. Pharaoh. Cook so, matchmaker. Yeah. Yes. Talking, to, you know, to talking to folks like y'all, it's like I do see the empowerment that you're trying to make. I do see the mm-hmm. fact that the white people in these spaces, Lady Anaconda, is white. Mm-hmm. Um. There were some things recently that came up about her where I'm like, I'm going to have to get her on earplay and maybe have to be like, girl, I don't know right. if I can get with all this. Mm-hmm. But I understand that she is trying to amplify black voices in her own space. Now, right. the whole carrying seed and, and all that, I think that's a little bit too far only because mm-hmm. it stems from a child cannot give consent. Who was not born right. to be exposed mm-hmm. to that, but I understand that you are trying to normalize a culture where interracial relations that end up in babies are not fully accepted. Right. But it also brings it back to my biggest fear is when white people enter a space that is predominantly black, okay, mm-hmm. and they say that they're all for us, that they're gonna mm-hmm. ride the waves with us. We've seen mm-hmm. this. 
we've seen this outside of King Spaces with George Floyd and, right. you know, the rest of the BLM movement. And I say that very mm-hmm. lightly because, let's face it, BLM has had its own problems within the organization. Yep. But when we're talking about, you know, racial injustice when it comes to our black brothers and sisters and we have white people that are like okay what can we do to help what can we do to amplify but y'all only do it for 2.5 seconds right and then you want to bring it to the sex aspect but when the sex is done we don't fucking matter anymore Mm. so how does that differentiate with BNWO so as you said right they're there's the uncontrollable aspect of people are going to do whatever they feel like they are going to do, right? And I think what we have figured out is that there are some people that are just here for the kink, right? We, we cannot change their mind no matter what we bring to them. Let them enjoy the kink. Let us profit off of that. And then let's allocate what we have profited from that exploitation that they feel that they're getting on us, right? We're using that to now elevate, promote, and help re-educate the people that are willing to listen. So as you said, there are some white people who are like, hey, I want to help. I want to amplify. I want to build. I want to support. And they mean that they want to do it 24-7. But eight times out of 10, I think what happens is they don't have a space to go to. They don't have people that they can rely to to go to to tell them how to be consistent. It's different for us because we live it 24-7. So we can automatically off the top of our heads, we can all come up with 10 different reference points that white people need to go, right? But I I had to think about this for myself. I can never put myself in a white person's shoes. Mm -hmm. I don't live that experience. I don't understand what it means to be white. I can speculate, but even still, I I don't have that recollection. But what I can do now is, if it were the reverse, right? If I want to learn more about them, I can hang out with them more, but I'm not trying to impose my thought process. And I think that's what happens in a lot of black spaces where white people come in. They want to impose their viewpoint and which, which again can be warranted, but when it's a black space, if you, and one thing that I've been able to do with uh, black expressions on the Moan app is create that dialogue of, we're going to highlight only the black voices for the first hour. You can come up and you can add to the conversation after you sit down and listen to what a black person is actually going through. That key what word. What they actually feel. That key word is listen, okay? The, the key, key word, word is, is listen. listen. Right? Because now you're forced to do so. But in doing that, we've been able to now open people's eyes to so much. Like, we got people like MC, Mistress K, Scarlet, you know, all, all of our beautiful people on the Moan app. Right. And this is the beautiful thing about it. People are there to listen more times than not. They may have questions, but th- those questions are really more so about how do I get more direction on where to go, on how to ask these questions or how do I even carry myself? How do I become aware? And sometimes self-awareness is something that we take for granted that we think everybody has. Self-awareness is a gift. A lot of people do not have that gift. A lot of people have the potential to have it. But a lot of people don't want to sit down and work on it because you have to be able to empathize. Mm-hmm. And if you aren't capable of doing that, you can never fully understand or even listen to a person that has a different experience than you. But I think also one thing that we do with the BNWO is we vet people and we see how important some of these 
aspects are like is this just a sexual thing for you or is this more of a lifestyle thing for you and i've come in contact with a whole bunch of people but i think we all know from our own experience if you have been able to have experiences with white people outside of your community or outside of your immediate environment you you are able to kind of start recognizing when someone has a little bit of that uh, unspoken truth, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, right? So they might be like, hey, you know, I'm all for you, I'm all for you. But when push comes to shove or when there's a real serious topic, you hear the truth come out of them. You get what I'm saying? And we hear that even with our own black people, right? All and that's not, again, to, to point the finger at anybody exclusively. It's just showing the comparison that we are more similar than we give ourselves credit for but also we have to acknowledge that there is a difference and why there is a difference so going into something like interracial marriage interracial dating and interracial childbearing um that's a very sensitive uh subject right but i think more so especially getting into what you mentioned with lady anaconda um we we see this a lot with celebrities right celebrities kind of put their children unconsensually in the public eye right and they do it for a myriad of reasons so i'm not going to speak on lady anaconda's situation per se uh because i I am i am involved with her and i am close with her Mm -hmm. we have spoken on many occasions and this Um, is no disrespect this is just a simple observation because i adore the woman it was just more so i was like whoa okay right but again this is a a talking point right and again just because we're talking about it Right. doesn't mean that we're belittling it, devaluing it, or even chastising it, demonizing it. But, you know, for clarification for the people that try to nitpick and like, oh, no, they're talking about this person. Yeah. You know, you got to do that, right? Of I'm, course, I'm damage of course. control. I'm, I'm injury prevention trained. <laughs> so everything that I do is to make sure, like, look, if you try to sit here and say that I was saying this, I definitely gave we you context not. beforehand. But with that being said, I think that women like Lady Anaconda, um... They're, they're a very rare type of people mm-hmm. because they acknowledge their part before anything else. And this is what I admire about. I've been following her for years. I've never once really seen her, you know, kind of like shun responsibility, um, put the blame on other people. I've only seen her uh, promote what she believes. And she believes in the BNWO, right? She believes in black supremacy. Um, and how it relates to her as opposed to this is what it is and this is how it should be because I'm saying that it's the case. A lot of people take that privilege um, and and sometimes it is white privilege, right? Because you guys have privilege at the end of the day. Let's be real. When you take that white privilege and say, I'm going to do something just because I can, that's like the ultimate slap in the face because we know that you can do stuff because you can. Exactly. That's the whole point. But when you have someone like Lady Anaconda that's saying, like, I'm not doing this because I can. I'm doing this because I feel like it's right. And here are the reasons why I feel like it's right. And she's able to back it up with some type of evidence. I can only appreciate that because that's such a rare thing to get from that side. Accountability, right? As I said before, something that we harp on that we sometimes have a problem with, but we demand from everybody else. So when you finally do get it, you have a choice to make. Are you going to acknowledge it and then build with that, build understanding, build a bridge and then come together? Or are you going to just ignore it, which tends to happen with black men when we're talking about the LGBTQ experience, trans women, women in general, right? We choose to ignore our part to play. So again, we're starting to see how these parallels now start coinciding with each other. 
and they start repeating. You know what I'm saying? So for me, this is why, like, again, accountability is a big thing. And I acknowledge anyone that takes accountability, whether you are black or white, because right now we're just talking about the social aspect of interacting with each other outside of the king, outside of the lifestyle. Because not everybody is going to be a part of the lifestyle. Not everybody is built to be a part of the lifestyle. Let's be or real. Or any lifestyle. Because it comes with a lot of scrutiny. Yes. Right. In anyone, in anything in general. But the more that you are able to sit here and say, like, I acknowledge what you go through. I acknowledge your part. I acknowledge your viewpoint. I'm not, I may not dis, I may not agree, but I acknowledge it. That opens up a whole different level of communication that we didn't have before. So even if we didn't make uh, a truce here, lack, for lack of a better term, right? Even if we didn't come to some type of consensus of this is what's going to be, we're making the effort to eventually get there. And this is what interracial dating, this is what people feared about interracial dating for so long in this country, is that eventually people are going to be forced to acknowledge that we're really not all that different. If we choose to be, we really can coexist if we choose to. And again, when it comes to children, children are innocent. Children learn from us. So if you automatically have racism in your heart, or even if you have a, a sense of supremacism in your heart, you're going to teach that. But if you can teach tolerance first, people can get along, whether or not they agree. And that, to me, is the most important thing. Are we saying that it's wrong for people to have extremist views? No, because there are some black people, some hoteps even, who have a very, right, black Israelites have a very polarizing opinion on white people. And if you take the aspect of who's talking about it, right, I'm going to be here and say this. Because, again, we're going to keep it real. I personally don't see much difference between white Nazis, white neo-Nazis, and black Israelites. I don't. <sighs> That's a whole different subject. But, yeah. Yeah. And, and again, it yeah. definitely is. But, again, I'm just focusing on this one point. Look, Listen to the rhetoric. Listen to the words that are being said. The intention you, behind it. Yeah. The intention and for a quick, you know, refresher for folks. The black Israelites... Basically, unlike what Malcolm X was trying to do, they mm -hmm. tried to amplify the fact that blacks only mattered and everything else. And that whites need to kind of be like eradicated, yes. moved off the face of the earth. It sounds very similar to the people that we say are like the ultimate evil, the, the Nazis, the neo-Nazis, yes. and what they were saying about everybody else that wasn't white. But again, it's like, oh, because black people are saying it, we're going to champion it. And I understand that. But here's the thing. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. Mm -hmm. If we're going to say that the white people are wrong for doing that, in the interest of fairness, I have to say that it's wrong when us black people start doing that. Yeah. When you're then saying it, that another... Then it starts muddying things. Well, yeah, because you're basically saying that races cannot coexist. Races can absolutely coexist. Right. The problem of the matter is, is the fact that we think in society one is better than the next mm -hmm. and that's when mm -hmm. the disconnect lies when malcolm x was right. saying that he wanted to create a country of black folks where they can be their own it was right. solely not because the seg it was it was because of segregation but it mm -hmm. also wasn't saying we're gonna wipe out white people it's just more like you took us from our native land Okay. Right. Essentially. We need to establish something. We need to have something of our own. But mm -hmm. of course, the disconnect lies with so many different aspects of Islam and white people. Right. And again, another subject. What I do also want to touch upon mm. Splash Mocha. 
Mm. When you hear about events like Splash Mocha, and for for the virgin ears of ear, you know the the virgin earbuds out there are like, what the fuck is Splash Mocha? What is a Splash Mocha? Is that a is that a a new coffee jive? What is this? Um, I mean, listen, I might have to go to Starbucks and get me some. Hey, can I get a Splash <laughs> Mocha? You never know what you're asking for with that one. You better be careful. Ooh. So. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to think when the first time I ever heard of Splash Mocha, but when I did, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's a Freaknik, right? Right. But then when I started realizing what type of Freaknik, then I was like, wait a second, how is this not problematic? And then associated with BNWO, that's where my shit was like, oh, I'm livid. Because right. it came off to me that it's just basically white people going on vacation seeking and, and degrading black dick and black pussy mm. that mm. that's my that was my perspective because the way white people were talking about slash mocha once even black right. people talking about it it was white people that were saying oh yeah slash mocha you know that's the one weekend my my lady and i we had the free pass to go fuck as many black people and i'm like wait 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 right very jarring yeah, for, for, the, this, for, this, the, for the new people. Yeah, it sounded very, you know, slave trade in a sense mm-hmm. where you're just mm-hmm. letting black people, uh, letting black people get degraded in any which type of form just for the sole act of sex. And I'm like, how mm. the fuck is this empowering? Mm. So please. No, I, I definitely get that. So one thing that I think before we even get started in that, we have to acknowledge that no matter what you do sexually, there is some chance that you are that you are going to feel degraded or made to feel degraded, right? Because a lot of people look at sex as a very degrading act. Mm-hmm. That's it. But I think what happens is, and especially now in today's day and age, especially with like women's empowerment uh, coming into the into the forefront, we're seeing people take pride in their sexuality in their sexual activity and their sexual identity. And I think in doing that, we also have to acknowledge that there are black people that are into some things that we're going to question. This is the beauty of kink and BDSM. Again, alternative lifestyles are made or the the space for alternative lifestyle is made that is made because it doesn't exist within the vanilla world. It's not supposed to, right? So when you come up with something or when you come across something like Splash Mocha, The expression might come off as degrading, dehumanizing, belittling, very fetishized, right? But now we also have to, from a a comprehensive perspective, we have to look at the consent of the people that are being involved, right? Because easily white people can say like, oh, I don't see how any other white people can go to the BNWO and want to be servants of black people and, and all this stuff. They could easily say that just like how we can say, I don't know how there are some black people that want to be degraded, humiliated, belittled for their racial context, right? Or, or the racial aspect about them. And this is, again, the main thing that BNWO is teaching people first and foremost, tolerance and acceptance. Just because a person chooses to be a part of something doesn't mean that that is the only thing that is about them, mm. right? That's not the only factor that they are about. And I feel like we self-project that onto ourselves a lot, especially with sexuality, right? From the female perspective, as a woman, if you choose to just express that you have a fantasy of having multiple men at once, what happens? 
she's a whore she's yeah. a slut she's not the type of woman that you want to be with but all you're doing is expressing your inner feelings that doesn't mean that you're a bad person so for me even and and again we're very at bnw we're very much about black superiority all black people are considered dominant in our order whether you are a black dom or a black submissive right you are dominant in our order because black is supreme now with that being said how do you then create a balance of respecting all black people because as i've said as black straight heterosexual men one thing that sets black women off is the word submission that's mm -hmm. a very triggering word mm -hmm. right so how can we even create a, B, a, a bdsm positive space within black people if we have a problem with the word submission you get what i'm saying so we have to teach tolerance first and on top of that we have to teach tolerance for people that don't think like us so girth vader loves going uh, and that's cuck matchmaker aka pharaoh aka girth vader the he's got a couple of names, names. <laughs> the man of many names right taking after his, his brother because i also have a whole, whole bunch of names we're not going to get into all that today uh that will probably be for the next time i come up on here hopefully i'll make it back you're but gonna come back <laughs> I, I definitely will be but right so girth he 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 loves going to splash mocha right he loves being in that environment he's the cuck matchmaker he mm -hmm. specializes in cuckolding right but that doesn't mean that he's any less of a black god king, as I refer to us, right? Because we're trying to acknowledge your divine right of being black and your royal right of being black, right? Doubling down on that. Same thing for black goddess queens, the female, and black omni unbound rulers for all those who don't uh, gender identify as male or female. Again, all inclusion, all recognition, and all celebration. If you decide to go to Splash Mocha, you decide to go to Splash Mocha. Splash Mocha is not a BNWO event. I believe it is owned and run by a black man, so shout out to that. Um, but again, there's there are very specific niche things that some people have. So the problem for us about Splash Mocha is, okay, cool, black men have a place to go, but what mm -hmm. about black women? Mm. Right? What about black women? And this is part of the reason why BNWO is so polarizing with black people especially black women is because there's rarely ever any representation of black women in this sexual space so yeah the only things that really get highlighted or that were highlighted in the bnwo were big bbc white men white women interracial and that's pretty much it black women were kind of left over to the wayside and again the resentment builds even more because this isn't the first time that we've kind of done that mm -hmm. as a whole as black men right even when we make the comparison again going back to those gender role conversations or the value of black women or and 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 stuff like that and the adverse is also there as well i think it's divested women or, or women that are divest uh cut next door was talking about it i'll i'll go look it up but it's basically the the adverse effect of black women saying like, oh yeah, fuck black men. We're not gonna procreate with you guys. You guys should be wiped off the face of the earth. Y'all ain't kings, y'all kings. It's going to happen because there's always two sides to the coin, right? There's always two ways of thinking. But the more that we can acknowledge like, yeah, there's pain there. And some people get empowerment from being embraced by the people that they have associated pain with for so long. And we can't, we can't uh, disown those people, mm. right? We can't say that you are without being helped or even having a place of belonging. It's just you have to understand the time and place that you're in because it might be offsetting to people that haven't addressed that trauma yet, that haven't been able to 
uh, to even acknowledge that they have a trauma with it. Like you're saying, you have traumatic instances with anything that has to do with race play, right? So yeah. the only thing that we can do is acknowledge like, hey, race play is not for you, but you could still be in a place where black people acknowledge the fact that you are a black woman that loves her sexuality, loves who she loves and is who she is. Now, another thing that we can do is we can introduce you to race play on a different spectrum, which, you know, I'm going to introduce consensual ethical race play, right? For a lot of people, race play is only the negative. It's only the bad words. It's only black and white. I make this comparison all the time. A lot of people get get praised and celebrated for their cultural or racial context, right? Mm -hmm. I'll use the Hispanic and Latin community as a prime example, right? They're very spicy. They're very passionate. Their hips sway and all this other stuff, right? But that's all race play. Yeah. You're 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 ex you're only highlighting these aspects because they're Hispanic or because they're Afro Latino. They're Afro Cuban, right? So race play can be very empowering. There are a lot of Hispanic people that hear that shit and they get so you you see like the energy build up yeah. in them. Exactly. Why can't we have the same thing? Now, what I mean by consensual ethical race play is if you, as a black woman, are dealing with a black or, or, or a white man, right? And, you know, as you said, some of them, they, they just want to praise you because mm -hmm. these things, they, they're not used to. Uh, they're, they're infatuated with it. it. It may even be a taboo, but it's not coming from a bad place. If we can now teach and redirect how we do that because again the same thing can be said for me as a black man praising you for being a beautiful black goddess queen and right now you are looking stunning right now you know what i'm saying your your smile is smiling you know what i'm saying the eyes I'm over is here covering my mouth. right now you get what i'm saying yes you look amazing right but i can easily be offsetting to you as a black woman mm -hmm. by highlighting these things so where do we find the balance the balance is we have to also teach people what boundaries we accept and why we don't accept. Them. So I, I always try to stress, and this is not to try to, you know, convert you or anything, but as a black woman, there are so many times where you are not acknowledged. You are um, you, you are belittled because you are black. You are demeaned because you are black. Like you said earlier, like the whole Jezebel thing, mm -hmm. right? With that being said, like, we, we want to make sure that you understand that for the people that choose to celebrate you, for the people that choose to empower you, right, that's something that you can choose to accept. You don't have to put yourself through it. And also, you have the right, especially within the BNWO, you have the right to pick and choose who comes within your space, who interacts with you, whether they are Black or not. So instead of just only focusing on the negative aspect of race play as you said you probably will never be able to be empowered by it but i think that there is a possibility not just for you instead of only acknowledging the negative aspect of that let's let's teach you how to also be empowered by the things that people have made you feel bad about especially something like being a strong black woman like i i, I Personally, I get so heartbroken when I hear black women say, I don't want to be referred to as strong because y'all are. And it's not something that's a negative against you. But as black men, if we weaponize that word against you, it will be. You get what I'm saying? So even more so with race play, 
if we allow people to weaponize words against us, it will always be harmful. And for the first time, in my opinion, when we when we introduce something like consensual ethical race play, that is us teaching you about your power, your right to say no, your right to enforce no, and for people to have to listen, as opposed to it being something that you can't control. And I think for a lot of people, when it comes to race play, we associate it only with the things that we can't control in real life. Mm. And what we're trying to do here is show you that you can control it in real life. You can also control it here in this most vulnerable space but you have to learn how to set those boundaries for yourself. So that's why consensual ethical race play is what it's called, CERP. Consensual. First off, you have to consent to it. If you don't consent to it, it doesn't go down. But also, the person that you are playing with has to consent to it as well. Amen. Ethical. You have, to, you have to discuss it in depth. You have to get uncomfortable. You have to address it at its core of why it might be a problem for you and why it might be a problem for the person that you're dealing with. Because here's another thing, right? There are black people that are in the race play and there are white people that aren't. But the black person might impose the race play. Right. So does that now make it okay? You get what I'm saying? So again, these rules are established not just for ourselves, but to make sure that we don't become the people that we say that we hate or that have caused us pain. And a lot of times when having these conversations, if you really listen to people, it's not even about anything else except I want to be able to treat people how they have treated me. So this is why like, I, I implore people to be open-minded to consensual ethical race play because then you, you realize you don't have to do things the way that other people do them. I'm not called anything that I don't consent to. And I make it very clear what you can, you can speak to me as and what you can't. The name is your God for a reason, because my submissives refer to me as my God. They are not allowed to refer to me as anything else. If I, if I give them permission to call me Black God King, it's because I gave them permission to do so. And if they don't follow that, we don't interact with each other. Mm. There's nothing else for me to say. I, I don't. I'm not concerned with anything that you have to say because you're going to say it anyway whether I'm there or not, right? And here's the thing about dealing with white people. This is the reality of it. We never know what you're going to say. We never know. This is a this is a fear that a lot of black people have with getting into interracial relationships. But if I can have the solidarity and the resolve, the resilience to say that that word or those words, that mindset that you have doesn't have any effect on me, I now take away all the leverage that they have. All the power that makes white, uh, quote unquote, supreme in this country is because we choose to let them do it. It's a difference if they become physically violent. I want to point that out. It's a big difference. But if all they're doing is talking, which is one of the most powerful things that they've done in this country for such a long time, is they've just spoken about things and they've made it affect us in a resounding way. But for us to be able to truly take that power back... We have to go into those uncomfortable waters. We have to go and face those ugly truths about ourselves. Why do I find race play so triggering? As a black man, there's many different reasons, but is it something that I've personally gone through? Which if, if I have, that's a different story. But if I've never personally gone through it, I'm living through the trauma of other people and not myself. Oh, Dom, my goodness. 
I, I told you, look, I'm a, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get deep into some things. No, no, I'm get deep into some things. I, my God, honestly, thank you, thank You're you, welcome. thank you. Oh my goodness, I don't even think there needs to be a final word on that because right there, <laughs> that I mean, that solidified it all. And I but let me let me put it into context real quick to close yes. it out. Let me put it into context real quick to close it out. We're not saying that that we shouldn't acknowledge our pain. We're not saying that we shouldn't acknowledge our struggles, our journeys, but we shouldn't let them define us. And a lot of times we let our past define us. We hold on to an anchor that we say is boggling us down and we're self-drowning ourselves with this anchor. We're trying to swim to the top, but we're holding on to something that is essentially weighing us down to kill us, to kill our spirit, to kill our joy, our love for ourselves. And so much so to the point where it, it fucks with our identity so on such a high level, on such a high degree that it stops us from finding love. It stops us from finding contentment, completion, happiness, just all the things that human beings need. And it stops us from doing that within our own culture, within our own community, within our own people. So what I'm saying about consensual ethical race play in the BNWO is... It's not saying that this is for everybody, right? But what it is saying that if you would like another outlet to maybe discover something about yourself that you've been taught is such a wrong, evil, bad thing by your own people, maybe this is a place where now you can just be yourself. Let your hair down and breathe and not be and not be chastised. Oh, you're breathing too hard. You're breathing too loud. You're breathing too passionately. Which happens a lot for black people, just speaking about something. We're passionate people. Even now, some people might be like, damn, this motherfucker, he, he's, he's yelling, he's screaming. No. no I'm speaking with passion. You're passionate. And that's right? what I love that to bring. Passion, I love to bring passionate people. That passion people. doesn't have to be chastised, mm. right? That passion or that concern, that worry that you have as a black person, as a black woman when it comes to race play doesn't have to now be chastised because I disagree with you. If I can make you feel more at home when we talk about this shit, like you're safe when you talk about it, you might become more open-minded to it. Th that doesn't mean that you're going to participate in it, but you might be more open-minded to it. Mm -hmm. And then you have a better understanding of other people that engage in it. And the only thing that you can do at that point, because you understand them, is love them for who they are. Again, Black unity, black love, black self-expression, black sexual liberty all needs to start from that uncomfortable place of this is why it's uncomfortable for us to be us. We never get the opportunity to say that. We never get the opportunity to say that within our own homes, within our own communities, within our own neighborhoods and within the black experience of this country. So if we're not starting that with BNWO, I don't know where else is going to start. And again, you can't get more uncomfortable than race. Once we get that out the way, everything else is smooth water. Race and colorism. Let me yeah. let me be very clear. Race and colorism and gender uh, gender society norms and all that stuff. Once we get past all that, we can have such a good time. It's going to be smooth waters. As black people. It's going to exactly. be smooth. It's going to be smooth waters. Because everything else from there is like, oh well, you know, we we spoke about you liking, you know, a foot in your ass. I, I mean, I don't think your political views are going to be that bad to me anymore. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, 
again, like we find so many different reasons to say like, no, no, I'm not for this. I'm not for this. It's like, hey, you know, it it, it really isn't that bad. It really isn't that bad. It so I, I just try to bring people together then then push people apart. And that's what we do at BNWL. Well, again, the audience thanks you. <laughs> I hope so. I hope y'all good, man. Thank y'all for having me. Thank you for having me, Sapphire. Miss Sapphire, if you nasty, because as y'all can see, um, well, actually, you can't really see. I didn't really No, they can't see shit. Too kinky. But uh, I'm oh so fucking nasty for a reason. <laughs> Miss Sapphire, oh, the way that this woman talks to me, just hearing her laugh, I'm looking at her smile right now, y'all. Like, I'm, Damn it, don't. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I love black women. I can't get enough of y'all. But see, I've had to learn how to, like, curtail this a little bit. Because I can't come off as a little strong. I'd be like, look, look, lady, your lips right there. You see that smile and the little chink I have? With? I just want to see that face while I'm on top pounding that pussy. And you know what I'm saying? And it, But, like, you, but see, that could easily be like, whoa, 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 whoa there, Dom. I don't even like men. You're okay? fine. I don't even like men. <laughs> like, like I said, you made an exception list a long time ago. You fine. I'm glad. You're fine. I love being on the exception list. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> well, Dom, where can the people get in touch with you? Uh, the people can get in touch with me on my Telegram channel, primarily. Uh, it's called sir, uh, t.me backslash serve your god kingdom uh that is the main epicenter for everything that way you can find my loyal fans my only fans my excite bunny shout out to them a black owned adult content creator platform definitely love them out there for doing their thing um shout out to everybody that's on there uh you can find me on twitter everything is your god kingdom uh that's for my twitter my instagram my snapchat um you can also find me on the stereo app where i do a lot of my live broadcast conversations they're not podcasts they're uh podcast conversations and that's where you can kind of get a little bit more of the vanilla side of me i go by the fng over there so over there it's your god the f-n-g-e f-n-g-e um and you can also find me on the blacknewworldorder.com. Our hub is going to be released pretty soon. We're just going through a couple of bug fixes. You know, we're making sure that the platform is pristine, but that is going to be the official BNWO platform where you can basically come on to your own social media platform dedicated to the BNWO. And you can meet people. There, there's a whole bunch of things, but these are some of the main places that you can find me. You can also follow us, the BNWO at serve. BNWO. That's serve B N W O. That's our official BNWO uh, page. We are focusing on being more so with that page. Um, just just a place to kind of like highlight Black business, Black art, Black uh, literature, Black everything. You know, it's not so much about the porn. We have a porn thing and you'll be able to find that i'm not going to promote that here because again bnwo porn is not the focus right mm -hmm. we're more so really focused on giving people a real life uh tangible representation of what it's like to interact with black superiority and also mindful black superiority that understands that maybe they have to heal and in order to heal they have to be willing to be healed Right. It's one thing to take medicine. You have to, like, accept the medicine for it to work sometimes. If you're always fighting the medicine, it's never really going to heal you. <laughs> so, again, like, we're, we're, we're very much so just a black kink BDSM and sex positive space, um, as well as the kink and fetish activities that a lot of people are coming to. Perfect. 
And of course, you can find me at Ms. Radio Sapphire. That's M-S-R-A-D-I-O-S-A-P-P-H-I-R-E. And at Sapphire's Ear Play on Instagram, MsRadioSapphire.com. Sapphire's Ear Play on all podcast streaming platforms. And we will be back. We'll be back on March 5th with Monster mm. Fucking. Yes, March Ooh. 5th is all about the Monster Fucking. <laughs> Oh, I'm definitely tuned in. Oh, it's going to be great. I think we could call that a monster match. (laughs) (laughs) A monster eargasm indeed. So remember that safe sex is the best hot sex. Till next time, Mm. good night. Have a good night, Miss Sapphire. That was the show, all you sexy motherfuckers out there. Remember to follow at Ms. Radio Sapphire and Sapphire's Earplay on Instagram. Want some eargasms of the past and future? Make sure to follow on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and all streaming platforms. Thank you.